Welcome back, everybody! Chip's got to go by two, so it's time to get moving here. A little bit before that. A little bit before two? Even though it's <laughs> two now. It's 203. It's 2.03. Chip's got to go. Three minutes ago. We got no time. So time is just... Just rolls on. Just I mean, we're not on. at Ecclesiastes yet, so we, we can't really talk of, about that. But. All kinds of time stuff going on. But anyway, yeah. what really matters is that you guys are here with us today. Yep. In that it is day 157. That's what it is. And we're going to read Daniel chapters 10, 11, and 12 today. Ending Daniel. Yep. And Eric is going to read it sitting backwards. Good. Pretty incredible. Like like one of those, like one oh. of those, uh, like cool teachers that comes in and sits. Yep. There he goes. Sits like there this. he is, folks. Yep. He's a cool teacher. Hey, Chip. That's going to be hard. Let's talk. Okay. Let's talk. No, I'm doing it. I'm committed. You did this. Daniel. It, wait, and wait. I don't even know who I'm doing this for. No one's ever going to see this. There's a lot of people listening, I hear. Yeah, but people that doesn't I mean... Have no idea. That doesn't mean anyone knows I'm doing this. I'm well, just doing it. Well, they can trust me. All right, they can. Can we put a picture? Do you verify? No, I'm not going to take a picture. Let's take a picture. No, let's take a picture. Take, let's take a selfie. A picture take a selfie right now. No, I like selfie. the mystery of not knowing what we look like for some people. Like our newest <laughs> listeners from far away. Someone had to ask, like, which one's Chip and Eric on the yeah. picture? Mm -hmm. And they guessed it right. Yeah, I know. I forget who that was. Well, but. because you're devilishly handsome, so it's easy. Oh, that's true. You know, you think of it that way. Yeah, I guess so. All right, anyway, it's time. 10, 11, wait, Daniel time. Okay, where's 12? We always, oh no, that's easy. We got it. Yeah, it's the end. Yep. Hey, end of Daniel. To go, you're going to have to go get your other Bible after End this. of Daniel. I'll have to get a new Bible. In the third year of the reign of King Cyrus of Persia, Daniel, also known as Belteshazzar, had another vision. He understood that the vision concerned events certain to happen in the future, times of war and great hardship. When this vision came to me, I, Daniel, had been in mourning for three whole weeks. All that time I had eaten no rich food, no meat or wine crossed my lips, and I used no fragrant lotions until those three weeks had passed. On April 23rd, I was standing in the bank Sitting on the bank of the great Tigris River, I looked up and saw a man dressed in linen clothing with a belt of pure gold around his waist. His body looked like a precious gem. His face flashed like lightning and his eyes flamed like torches. His arms and feet shone like polished bronze and his voice roared like a vast multitude of people. Only I, Daniel, saw this vision. The men with me saw nothing, but they were suddenly terrified and ran, ran away to hide. So I was left there all alone to see this amazing vision. My strength left me, my face grew deathly pale, and I felt very weak. Then I heard the man speak, and when I heard the, the sound of his voice, I fainted and lay there with my face to the ground. Just then a hand touched me and lifted me, still trembling, to my hands and knees. And the man said to me, Daniel, you are very precious to God, so listen carefully to what I have to say to you. Stand up, for I have been sent to you. When he had done this to me, I stood up, still trembling. Then he said, Don't be afraid, Daniel. Since the first day you began to pray for understanding and to humble yourself before God, your request has been heard in heaven. I have, been, I have come in answer to your prayer. But for 21 days, the spirit prince of the kingdom of Persia blocked my way. Then Michael, one of the archangels, came to help me, and I left him there with the spirit prince of the kingdom of Persia. Now I am here to explain what will happen to your people in the future, for this vision concerns a time yet to come. While he was speaking to me, I looked down at the ground, unable to say a word. Then the one who looked like a man touched my lips, and I opened my mouth and began to speak. I said to the one standing in front of me, I am filled with anguish because of the vision I have seen, my Lord. I am very weak. How can someone like me, your servant, talk to you, my Lord? My strength is gone. I can hardly breathe. Then the one who looked like a man touched me again, and I felt my strength returning. Don't be afraid, he said, for you are very precious to God. Peace. Be encouraged. Be strong. 
As he spoke these words to me, I suddenly felt stronger and said to him, Please speak to me, my Lord, for you have strengthened me. He replied, Do you know why I have come? Soon I must return to fight against the spirit prince of the kingdom of Persia, and after that the spirit prince of the kingdom of Greece will come. Meanwhile, I will tell you what is written in the book of truth. No one helps me against these spirit princes except my Michael, your spirit prince. I have been standing beside Michael to support and strengthen him since the first year of the reign of Darius the Mede. Now then, I will reveal the truth to you. Three more Persian kings will, will reign to be succeeded by a fourth far richer than the others. He will use his wealth to stir up everyone to fight against the kingdom of Greece. Then a mighty king will rise to power who will rule with great authority and accomplish everything he sets out to do. But at the height of his power, his kingdom will be broken apart and divided into four parts. It will not be ruled by the king's descendants, nor will the kingdom hold the authority it once had. For his, his empire will be uprooted and given to others. The king of the south will increase in power, but one of his own officials will become more powerful than he and will rule his kingdom with great strength. Some years later, an alliance will be formed between the king of the north and the king of the south. The daughter of the king of the south will be given in marriage to the king of the north to secure the alliance, but she will lose her influence over him, and so will her father. She will be abandoned along with her supporters, but when one of her relatives becomes king of the south, he will raise an army and enter the fortress of the king of the north and defeat him. When he returns to Egypt, he will carry back their idols with him along with the priceless articles of gold and silver. For some years afterwards, he will leave the king of the north alone. Later, the king of the north will invade the realm of the king of the south, but will soon return to his own land. However, the sons of the king of the north will, will assemble a mighty army that will advance like a flood and carry the battle as far as the enemy's fortress. Then, in a rage, the king of the south will rally against the vast forces assembled by the king of the north and will defeat them. After the enemy army is swept away, the king of the south will be filled with pride and will execute many thousands of his enemies, but his success will be short-lived. A few, few years... <laughs> A few years later, the king of the north will return with a fully equipped army far greater than before. At that time, there will be a general uprising against the king of the south. Violent men among your own people will join them in fulfillment of this vision, but they will not succeed. Then the king of the north will come and lay siege to a fortified city and capture it. The best troops of the south will not be able to stand in the face of the onslaught. The king of the north will march onward, unopposed. No one will be able to stop him. He will pause in the glorious land of Israel, intent on destroying it. He will make plans to come with the might of his entire kingdom and will form an alliance with the king of the south. He will give him a daughter in marriage in order to overthrow the kingdom from within, but his plan will fail. After this, he will turn his attention to the coastland and conquer many cities, but a commander from another land will put an end to his insolence and cause him to retreat in shame. He will take refuge in his own fortress, but will stumble and fall and be seen no more. I think Jeff can have a turn now. Okay. Well, his successor will send out a tax collector to maintain the royal splendor, but after a very brief reign, he will die, though not from anger or in battle. The next to come to power will be a despicable man who was not in line for royal succession. He will slip in when least expected and take over the kingdom by flattery and intrigue. Before him, great armies will be swept away, including a covenant prince. With deceitful promises, he will make various alliances. He'll become strong despite having only a handful of followers. Without warning, he will enter the richest areas of the land. Then he'll distribute among his followers the plunder and wealth of the rich, something his predecessors had never done. He will plot the overthrow of strongholds, but this will last only for a short while. Then he'll stir up his courage and... Raise a great army against the king of the south. The king of the south will go to battle with a mighty army, but to no avail, for there will be plots against him. His own household will cause his downfall. His army will be swept away, and many will be killed, seeking nothing but each other's harm. These kings will plot against each other at the conference table. 
attempting to deceive each other. But it will make no difference, for the end will come at the appointed time. The king of the north will then return home with great riches. On the way, he will set himself against the people of the Holy Covenant, doing much damage before continuing his journey. Then at the appointed time, he will once again invade the south. But the time, but this time, the result will be different, for warships from western coastlands will scare him off, and he'll withdraw and return home. But he'll vent his anger against the people of the Holy Covenant and reward those who forsake the covenant. His army will take over the temple fortress, pollute the sanctuary, put a stop to daily sacrifices, and set up the sacrilegious objects that cause desecration. He will flatter and win over those who have violated the covenant, but the people who know their God will be strong and will resist him. Wise leaders will give instruction to many, but these teachers will die by fire and sword, or they'll be jailed and robbed. During these persecutions, little help will arrive, and many who will join them will not be sincere. And some of the wise will fall victim to the persecution. In this way, they will be refined and cleansed and made pure until the time of the end, for the appointed time is still to come. The king will do as he pleases, exalting himself and claiming to be greater than every god, even blaspheming the god of gods. He will succeed, but only until the time of wrath is completed, for what has been determined will surely take place. He will have no respect for the gods of his ancestors or for the god loved by women or for any other god, for he will boast that he is the greatest than them all. Instead of these, he will worship the god of fortress, fortresses, a god his ancestors never knew, and lavish on him gold, silver, precious stones, and expensive gifts. Claiming this foreign god's help, he will attack the strongest fortresses. He will honor those who will submit to him, appointing then the positions of authority and dividing the land among them as a reward. Then at the time of the end, the king of the south will attack the king of the north. The king of the north will storm out of chariots, charioteers, and vast navy. He will invade various lands and sweep through them like a flood. He will enter the glorious land of Israel. Many nations will fall, but Moab, Edom, and the best part of Ammon will escape. He will conquer many countries, and even Egypt will not escape. He will gain control over the gold, the silver, the treasuries of Egypt. And the Libyans and the Ethiopians will be his servants. But then news from the east and the north will alarm him, and he will set out in great anger to destroy and obliterate many. He will stop between the glorious holy mountain and the sea and pitch his royal tents. But while he is there, his time will suddenly run out, and no one will help him. At that time, Michael, the archangel, who stands guard over your nation, will arise. Then there will be a time of anguish greater than any nations first came into existence. But at that time, every one of your people whose name is written in the book will be rescued. Many of those whose bodies lie dead and buried will rise up, some to everlasting life and some to, everlasting, some to shame and everlasting disgrace. Those who are wise will shine as bright as the sky, and those who lead many to righteousness will shine like stars forever. But you, Daniel, keep this prophecy a secret. Seal up the book until the time of the end when many will rush here and there and acknowledge, and knowledge will increase. Then I, Daniel, looked and saw two others standing on opposite banks of the river. One of them asked the man dressed in linen, who was now standing above the river, how long will it be until these shocking events are over? The man dressed in linen, who was standing above the river, raised both hands, both his hands towards heaven and took a solemn oath by the one who lives forever, saying, It will go on for a time, times, and half a time. When the shattering of the holy people has finally come to an end, all these things will have happened. I heard what he said, but I did not understand what he meant. So I asked, How will all this finally end, my Lord? But he said, Go now, Daniel, for what I have said is kept secret and sealed until the time of the end. Many will be purified, cleansed, and refined by these trials, but the wicked will continue in their wickedness, and none of them will understand. Only those who are wise will know what it means. 
From the time the daily sacrifice is stopped and the sacrilegious object that causes desecration is set up to be worshipped, there will be 1,290 days. All And blessed are those who wait and remain until the end of the, the 1,335 days. As for you, go your way until the end. You will rest, and at the end of the days, you will rise again to receive the inheritance set aside for you. Okay. And, and that, that is our reading today. today. You guys almost thought we forgot that, but we don't. We I almost did forget. Never will. It was close. Okay, we finished the book of Daniel. We did. Fun. Yeah. And we finished it with two questions in mind, Chip. We did. Yeah, they are. What does this tell us about God? Mm -hmm. And what does this tell us about us? Mm -hmm. So, Chip. Yep. What's... What was it? What's the question again? What does this tell us about God? What does this tell us about God? Oh, great question, Eric. Thanks Thank for you. asking. Thank you. I definitely knew it. Yeah, so we're getting to the reading here. We'll be prophecy of the, the last days, specifically the tribulation period, where the Antichrist and the false prophet rise up in the last three and a half years mm -hmm. and do the um, uh, the desecration at the temple that's going to be rebuilt. Um, items are being collected now. There's things in place for that to happen. It has not happened on Temple Mount at this point, nope. but uh, it is gearing up to happen yep. at some point, and so that will be necessary. Um, we also know, we read here that knowledge will increase. Many will rush here and they're there and knowledge will increase. We are seeing knowledge increase today like we never have mm -hmm. seen before. We have knowledge just like that. Yep. You know, and before long, AI will be in our brains, a chip in our brains. We'll be able to acknowledge or get knowledge just like that. We will be a computer. It is crazy stuff that can happen. And so that all says that things are in place. You know, the coming of Jesus is imminent. You know, it could happen at any time. And uh, we see these things that are taking place. So this is happening during the um, uh, the, the tribulation. Mm -hmm. And what this tells me about God is that God has an enemy, but God will win. God has an enemy. It's Satan. God will win. Mm -hmm. He has a lot of players. There's a lot of players on both sides that are part of the stories yeah. that interact and, and have way. And I love, I love how, you know, the angel comes and encourages Daniel and it also tells me that God is so encouraging because he has an enemy. It's going to be brutal. It is brutal. It's going to be more brutal during the tribulation. Mm -hmm. It's going to look like he's done. He, he didn't win. He will win. And throughout this all, he is just so encouraging, especially to Daniel, as this stuff is troubling. Mm -hmm. And he even says it. He says, be encouraged. Be strong. You know, and, and we need to be encouraged during these last days. And, uh, and that's uh, what he does for Daniel. That's what the Word of God does for us. And that's my takeaway, Eric. God has that. an enemy, and but God will win. God's going to win. Going to win. What's this tell me about us? Um, well, so we talked about this at SDA, that sometimes there's a there's two fulfillments to prophecies, right? There's an initial fulfillment, yep. and then there's an ultimate fulfillment. Ultimate. In this, we have the initial fulfillment. <clears throat> Antiochus Epiphanes, um, one of the kings of the four kingdoms that came out of the... Um, the Alexander the Great's kingdom of Greece got split into four, like we read about here. Mm -hmm. And then one of those kings, Antiochus Epiphanes, Epiphanes means God manifested. And so he sets himself up as God over all gods, mm -hmm. as we read about here. And he rolls into Jerusalem, takes over Jerusalem, even though he's not in line for succession to have any of this power, he takes over Jerusalem. And then he goes to war against the king of the south. And the king of the south... Uh, or he tries to, and the king of the south in this case is um, Rome. He goes after Rome. So he rolls down into Egypt Boom. with the idea of conquering Egypt. Yeah. And 
one little old man, uh, an old Roman ambassador shows up to him and says, if you attack Egypt, Rome will destroy you. And Antiochus Epiphanes said, uh, okay, I'll think about it. And the man, the old man drew a circle around him in the dirt. And he said, don't leave this circle until you've answered. And so he just completely Hmm. shut this dude down, made him into a dog, right? Like, just crazy. So Antiochus Epiphanes goes away, tail tucked between his legs. He shows back up in Jerusalem, and they're rejoicing because they think that he's been killed. Mm -hmm. And so he flips out, and he stops all the sacrifices. He stops all circumcision. He stops all of these things, and he just, like, goes all out against the Jewish people. And then later will die of just a terrible, terrible disease. And this is where you get the Maccabean Revolt. This is where you get uh, Hanukkah. It all kind of comes through that time. So all that to say, all of that happened in history. Mm-hmm. And it's all a picture of what's to come, like you said, mm-hmm. with the Antichrist and the false prophet. All of those same things are going to happen, except this it's all going to be amped up, amped. right? It's all going to be amped, amped up. So super amped. Antiochus Epiphanes, horrible uh, abomination that, that causes desolation. Like he does all of those things, right? And when the Antichrist comes, it's going to be even worse. And the Antichrist is going to be exactly what he sounds like. He is going to be the opposite of Jesus Christ. So he is going to be all evil, all terrible, yeah. all against God, all in on all of that. And so... In the New Testament, I know I'm talking a lot about this, but I just want to kind of help a little bit. In the New Testament, we have the Antichrist, capital A, mm-hmm. and then we have Antichrists, mm-hmm. little a, yeah. people who are Antichrist. This is what this tells me about me. Because Antiochus Epiphanes, God manifested, quote unquote, didn't do this alone. There were people following him, right? And there were people joining him. And there were people that were, um, you know, these two women in Jerusalem, the story goes that they they defied him and circumcised their babies anyway and he had the babies killed and tied around the mom's necks and then threw them over the wall of jerusalem to their death people followed him and so what this tells me about us is that even though antiochus epiphanes the antichrist even though these are the evil horrendous unthinkable enemies of god capable of just the most abject abhorrent evil that you can even think of people will follow them. And so what it tells me about us is that we are capable of carrying out the greatest evils against each other. And as believers, we are capable of receiving, of experiencing great evil against us. And in fact, that's what's promised, you know, to to the believer is persecution and death and martyrdom. Um, nothing, Nothing less than that. Certainly nothing better than that is promised. And so I just think... Together with God has enemies and God will win. Mm-hmm. Some of those enemies are human beings and God will still win. And so I just encourage all believers to never, ever lose sight of the fact, no matter what the world looks like around you and no matter what it, it seems like is going on, no matter who it seems like the good guys are, if they stand against God, they are anti-Christ and God will win. Yeah. Takeaway part of that is um, choose the right team. Choose the right team. Yeah, Choose love the right it. team. Absolutely. Absolutely. There is a real victory to be had. Yep. There is a true victory. True victory. And you can have it. Yep. Okay. Yeah, that's good. Good stuff. Sorry, Exciting. that was a lot, I know, but just so interesting. That's very so good. So fascinating to yeah, me. No, so. that's, yeah, it's very fascinating. Didn't very mean helpful. to take all the time. No.
No apology necessary. Well, I'm still sitting backwards in this chair. Yeah, you are. You did it. I'm Way not going to gonna go. do it again because so this is really uncomfortable. It's uncomfortable, Eric. Yeah, it's you look uncomfortable. This is not how chairs were designed. You look terrible right now. Thank you. Yeah. Yeah, I feel terrible. So, well, that's all right. Hey, I'm thank you guys for joining too. us today. He's sweating. I'm not. And you guys that's have a great day. pretty much how it goes. Okay. Goodbye.